Hey, this is Randall. And this is John. From the Don't Wake the Kids podcast. You're listening to our favorite podcast, Weird. Weird. I hope you're ready for some funny. Ace Podcast. Weird. Coming to you from the Lee Berry Studios. Yep, we're here. Just outside of Nashville. We are here. Studio 3. Here in the rain. A rarity. Raining, raining, raining. Studio 3, they, they normally reserve for the uh, for the bigwigs. Yeah, and the internet's out here today. Yeah, uh, Lee Berry, there was an accident. Did uh, you hear about somebody, it? Somebody, I was looking out the window a minute ago, somebody like maimed one of the poles outside. Phones like, are down. Internet's down. The only thing that's happening right now is this. Yes. I actually tried to call Lee Berry today because we were scheduled for tomorrow. He died like in 1953. <laughs> well, he wouldn't answer. And they wouldn't answer here at the studio either. So I just took a shot and came in. That's why we're in three. That's okay. The other two were booked solid. I like three. You know, they're all fine. Yeah. They were just really bother me. Uh, you doing okay? Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seen any good movies? Uh, I'll tell you what I watched on the Netflix. Movie, the last movie I saw was Rampage. Lori wants to see that. I liked it. She should have gone with you. It's just a popcorn movie. Yeah, I'm not into it. If I'm going to waste my movie pass money. How are you wasting it? <laughs> you go once, you pay for it. I, want, I still haven't seen Ready Player One. Oh, it's great. The book was amazing. I had a, I had a blizzard twice this week, by the way. What, what flavor? Peanut butter cookie dough. Nah. See, no, you not. Might, nope, you've never had it. I haven't, you but I don't it. like cookie dough stuff. I've never, had a, I've never had anything cookie dough that I liked. Even Good. cookie dough. Good day, sir. I, I, I said good day. But I don't like cookies either. Not what I hear. <laughs> I don't. I don't like cookies. You know what that Glenna did to me a while ago? What? Poke you with a snake. Poke me with a snake. I had this this brownie from Starbucks. Uh-huh. And I Go on. took off a piece of it, and I thought I just took like maybe just a quarter of it. No. I came back, it was gone. She said, you ate half of it. I said, I did not. <laughs> oh, Lori pulls that on me all the time. I said, I said yeah, if you're imagining the brownie was about... You know, four inches wider than it was. I, I'll have two pieces of cake, and she'll claim I ate half the cake. But you know, honestly, I'm not even mad about it. You know why? Why? Because a good brownie. I don't blame her. <laughs> and they got these because uh, we got this kid that one of our kids works at Starbucks. I didn't know that. And which they were one? Gonna, which kid or which Starbucks? Middle kid. Middle kid. Yeah, right? middle kid. Yep. And so sometimes they're going to throw out a bunch of stuff, and it's going to get wasted. Yeah. Sarah's best friend's dad used to manage a Panera. And oh, he, yeah. he would come home with just tons. Oh, dude, of, you go in Panera. Well, at least the one I've been to around here, I go there like about nine when they're about to close. Yeah. They become like generous. Yeah. Hey, I want one bagel. You don't mind if I use my debit card, do you? Oh, no, don't worry. Just take it. Here's seven. Here's seven. How, take, you want just, more? You want 12, you mean, what else you need? <laughs> you got a truck with you? Uh, we don't, we're out of soup, but I'm going to make you some. <laughs> Speaking of good news like that, we got a review. Dude, I read this review and it was like, what? This is on iTunes. It's a five-star review from- I said, what? Tiger Blood Kitten. And Tiger Blood, I think, is a band or a Excuse singer. Me, Tiger Blood Kitten 1. Oh, yeah. Tiger Blood Kitten 1. Not to be confused with the others. But anyway, she said five stars. She? You don't know if it's a she? Well, I'm hoping because the, it's titled I Am In Love. With the show? Well, still. Not you. I don't think it's me, you weirdo. Well, maybe, maybe it's just some person that just says they're in love and they wanted us to know. But then she says, I'm going to keep t- calling Tiger Blood Kitten 1. Okay. 
She says, these are my brothers from others' mothers. <laughs> from <laughs> these other are mothers. my brothers from other mothers. Well, thank you, Tiger Blood Kitten. So funny. Great chemistry without dumpster diving to get laughs. So we don't go we don't go down in the gutter to get laughs. No, we don't. We don't. There's no filth, flarm, filth. What? Filth, flarm, filth. I don't know if you can say that. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, no. What? <laughs> we have, here's the thing. Other shows, other shows, we're family friendly. Yeah. Other, uh, you know, the worst thing you're going to hear on here is a poop story. Yeah, and we got lots of those. But who doesn't laugh at a poop story? Everybody. And uh, everybody doesn't laugh? Everybody doesn't laugh. Uh, but Randall sent us a clip from uh, My Favorite Murder. Yes. Where they were talking about a story that we covered. So right. we kind of have an update about that. Yes. But so anyway, why did we get on that trail? I don't know, but anyway. Anyway, so. Where is the update? Oh, the review. The update? Oh, the review, yeah. We Thank you, Tiger Boy so now you just rearrange everything well yeah but on a whim we'll give it an update so they had them they found this mummy this monkey mummy monkey mummy and not, uh, not a monkey's mommy in a department store when they were tearing down walls it was in a wall man dead things in walls we've had a few of those lately personally or just man stories so anyway uh not coming to your house <laughs> the theory is somebody admitted that their father had told her a story of stealing a monkey from, time, from that place from that place because they used to sell exotic pets then his conscience got the better of him started feeling guilty so he went back and let the monkey back in the store but he didn't cage it up i guess he thought somebody will see I'm it i'm gonna let it go so yeah. we were i was talking to randall about this on the phone this weekend and my guess was does it say what kind of monkey it was because i think it was probably a capuchin uh one of those because i don't know it back did in that, but back in that time period i was telling randall it was a big deal to have those monkeys in the little stupid the organ grinder. The yes, I used to vest. see those. There was one yeah. at Rivergate Mall. That's when I was telling them. I yeah. said, I remember as a kid, I remember seeing one of them at the mall. And it was like a little capuchin. And a fat little Italian man that, that owned him. Okay. Yeah, I remember I that. Remember, no, I do. I remember the man. But but the monkey, it was, it, but that monkey was kind of popular back then. Yes, before, cute little Before monkey. friends had their Little thing. hat. Yeah. A little hat. A little fez, whatever yeah. it was he wore. It was a fez. But uh, but that to me, that sounds like that might have been, because the, what got us talking about that was how did he get, how'd they get the monkey out to begin with? It had to be a pretty small monkey. True. So I'm thinking this that, really is pointless, other than I think it's a, well, it's capuchin. Am I pronouncing that right? Capuchin yeah, that's monkeys? right. This little monkey. Vile at, little creature. The little way. monkey at Rivergate uh, stuck its tongue in my ear. I'm not sure you can talk about that. Well, mom gave me a quarter to give the monkey and the little Italian man with the music box thing. What do you call those? The little I, organ? I it was an organ grinder. Organ grinder. That's what it was. He said, he wants to tell you a secret now. He said, thank you. And yeah. So I bent down and went, Bloop. the big old monkey slobber in my ear. You think ear. that was the point your brain oozed out of your head? <laughs> you think that's the point where you Maybe noticed? the monkey stole my brain. Is it Monkeys weed your face. Oh, I don't know about that. Okay, now we can go to Top Story. You oh, got, oh, oh, can we bother yeah, you, you with got the Top Story? Wow, that was quiet. That was really Top quiet. Story. That was better. Yeah, there you go. You think one day we'll have an engineer and they can actually make all this <laughs> yes, work? Yes, I think one day we will. But until then, we it's got just you. Me. We got you, the, the, the Walmart <laughs> of engineers. Okay, go ahead with that your was top kinda, story. That was kind of rude. You're probably not. Oh, mom's going to get. <laughs> yeah. yeah, here's the thing. That was probably rude. You're probably not up to Walmart standards. <laughs> <laughs> Mom? You're, did you tell your mom yet that this all fun and games? <laughs> She's not going to believe that. Well, she thinks you're just trying to get out of trouble. Well, you know what? I got pops on my side. That's you all, actually that's do. All, hey, yeah. yeah. That's, that's all that matters. Yeah. But then again, you know, they like Alan better than me, so. 
I, quite frankly, I'm just amazed that she's even defending you. I, I really, <laughs> Me too. Kind of surprised. Me too. It's like a gift I didn't expect. But uh, you just need to let her know. I'm indirectly. <laughs> it's like a gift. Yeah. So, so I'm telling her indirectly. Aaron, would you tell her, even though she's listening, would you tell her I said that it's all fun and games? Nope. Not going to do it. But I'll tell you this. It's Alan's birthday coming up uh, on Monday. I bet he's got a big party. Probably. Probably. You got a birthday coming up, so you'll be 54. I will not be 54, you weirdo. You don't look a day over 55. <laughs> I'll be 51. Whatever. Can, do you think maybe you can hit that? Maybe she, maybe people have already forgotten. We're what, in the third quarter of life. People if, are already. You realize I that? don't understand football yeah, metaphors. Third quarter. Third quarter. If so, we, yeah, that's if we live to be 100. Why don't you hit that button again? <laughs> we're probably, people have forgotten what we're doing We're now. probably in the fourth quarter. If you think about it, I, I'm gonna I'll be dead by the time I get to read this story. Homeowner finds naked intruder in her bathtub eating Cheetos. <laughs> Were they her Cheetos? No, I'd be mad. If you think she had one of those Cheeto lights that you turn the lights off and shine it and it shows you all the cheese? Oh yeah, <laughs> like the commercial. Yeah, a Louisiana Louisiana woman guarantee is facing oh, burglary good. charges after she allegedly broke into a home and had a snack in a bathtub. <laughs> Why? Was the couch not comfy? Oh no! <laughs> Officers discovered Evelyn Washington, age twenty nine, in the Monroe home, or as they call it down there, Monroe. As I've done that, Monroe, Monroe. Monroe. The victim in the case said she arrived at home around five p.m. Tuesday and saw an unknown woman, later identified as Washington, George Washington. No, no, it was. Uh, it oh, was, Evelyn Washington. Yeah, Evelyn, naked in her bathtub and eating her Cheetos. <laughs> Washington told it the was her Cheetos. Washington told the victim an unknown man told her to break in. Officers located a broken window on the east side of the home with a tall ice chest under the windowsill. The bathtub was still full of water and a plate of food, <laughs> including half-eaten Cheetos, sitting on the toilet seat next to the tub. That's not even sanitary. No, it's not. <laughs> Both the sub uh, suspect and victim said they didn't know each other. I don't know her. Washington was booked into the Alchita Awachita Correctional Center on charges of simple burglary. Well, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty simple. Just broke, broke a window. Broke a window yeah. Used an ice chest to stand on. That was pretty simple. <laughs> who do you think? Who, who decides that? <laughs> I don't know. Judge, probably your honor. I just would like you to to consider the fact that this was a little more than simple. I didn't have to. Break a lock. I didn't have to pick a lock. Pick a lock would be a complicated. Yes. That would be, be a serious or uh, difficult. Difficult. Difficult yeah. burglary. Uh, medium. Yeah. Difficult. Uh, <laughs> and simple criminal damage to property. So that's like she simply damaged a window. And she damaged the Cheetos. That is true. That's probably the biggest yeah. tragedy. Yeah, that really is. Of, of anything they, that they happened were only in the happy, story. So we got a Cheeto thief in the bathtub. I'm going to take this next headline. Headline is avocado thief flees. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, we don't have a theme for New Zealand. This is so close to New to uh, we don't Australia. I think Australia can count for this one. Darn it. Okay, I'm not using the Australian theme unless it's that's not a theme. Okay, unless it's an Australian. Yeah, Australian. our Australian friends may not like us adding you know nope. letting the Kiwi. You know what it is? No, disrespectful. What? what you know the ki- Drop D. Oh, you know Drop D. He's an Australian, but he's a Kiwi. That's true. Drop D is. I've talked to Drop D in a while. Have you? Yeah, I talk to him weekly. Weekly. I mean, except for when we had the shrimp on the bobby down <laughs> in Australia. So, uh, you know what would make a good uh, New Zealand theme? What? Something by Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they got the one where they talk about the fruit, you know. I'll get right on that for you. Okay. Let's, let's go ahead and get ourselves sued, sued is, while we're at it. <laughs> may, may, may as well. Headline is, Avocado Thief Flees Crime Scene. On mobility scooter. You know what that is. Yeah, it's a little scooter. It's like one of those things you, you ride around Walmart. Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> you ever get behind one of them when you're just trying to get or, a loaf or, or of bread? Some, no, I always get behind the people that walk like they've got a year to do what they've got to do. <laughs> These no, I get behind the scooters. No, I don't. And they don't. They go negative, like negative three, and I, they actually back up instead of going forward. Beep, yeah. Beep. Beep, so an Auckland beep, couple has fallen victim beep, to their second avocado beep, heist beep, in six months. Beep, beep, They're averaging beep. one. Sorry, I'm still backing up. Yeah. Beep. You need a beeper for when you back up. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> so Brett Glazer and his partner live in a home that borders a reserve. And in November last year, thieves stole 200 avocados from their tree. Yes, I like avocados. Do you really? Yeah, I love them. I like them now. I used to yeah, not, but I do now. They're awesome. Um, how did they know that 200 avocados were missing? Well, the place that I was in California that had them, they, all, they were lying all over the ground. I think they'd probably be happy for you to take them. You they, think so? They were like walnuts here just lying all over the... They're not cheap, you know. You I buy an well, avocado. They are. They're two for a dollar at Dollar General. <laughs> that may not be cheap. That's not... That's for, maybe that's expensive for me, but cheap for I, you. I think... I think two for a dollar is not that bad of a price. I never see them at that, that low. Of course, I don't shop at Dollar General. Well, maybe you should. Who says a dollar doesn't buy much anymore? That's true. It does. But last week, so anyway, they lost 200 avocados in November. Avocados? Yeah, avocados. That's that's the cousin of an avocado. They're blue instead of green. Last week. I thought it was like a green cat. Avogato. Domo avogato. Okay, go on. Just forget it. This is is going nowhere fast. Last week, thieves struck again. But this time, one of them was on a mobility scooter armed with a 12-foot pole. He had a 12-foot pole as an arm? What if arm? he was like a jouster? <laughs> he had a, wait, he had a 12-foot pole for an arm? No. But what if whatever was another person with a 12-foot pole on the other end? That'd be a great short film. That'd be fun. In a store it? with them jou- two of them jousting each other? Mr. Glazer told Checkpoint his partner caught the thieves in the act in broad daylight. She was actually out for a walk, a morning walk, and noticed a couple of gentlemen hanging around the avocado tree with a very long pole. Sounds like a song, Hanging Around the Avocado Tree. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like... If that's a song, I don't want to hear it. That sounds like something Nickelback would sing. She pointed out that the tree was on their property. Hey, that tree's on our property, mister. No, she pointed and said that. She took the pole. She took it. (laughs) She took it. No, she took a pole. She she took the pole off them and rang the police and sort of followed them as they raced away on their mobility scooter out of the area, which isn't hard to keep up with. You could just stroll behind one of those things. The men were older chaps. And she had seen them around the neighborhood before. They were older and they were wearing chaps? He guessed they were in their 60s. The avocado had... In, uh, the, the avocado? The, the couple had installed security cameras on their property as a deterrent. A deterrent? Deterrent? After, after losing... Wait, wait, wait. What was that word again? Deterrent. Deterrent? Deterrent. Deterrent. You say deterrent. You also say saga. After losing 200 avocados last year, he said the police response had been fantastic, Did you Craig. say response? <laughs> no, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You need to check your ears. He said the police response had been fantastic. That's This can't be here in America. For one way... It's in Auckland. It says at the top. Oh, okay, good. So anyway, <laughs> we discussed this. So that maybe the police response was fantastic, and they had taken fingerprints off the pole. I take my hat to them. It's oddly a crime of the century, but look, they did come over and give us a victim support pack which is pretty cool. So he was Australian living in New yeah, Zealand? exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was a Kiwi st- stallion. Australian Kiwi. Kiwi. Yeah. <laughs> hey. What? Hey. What? There are 6,000 dogs working, quote unquote, at Amazon, and they get access to these cool perks. Yeah, this kind of- uh, Can you verify this? No, I've never seen a dog at Amazon. You might have had a rough work week- 
See what they did there? Yeah, and I did. But Amazon's four-legged employees sure haven't. Well, that's different than their two-legged employees. I can tell you that. At the retail, easy killer. At the retail giant Seattle-based headquarters, human employees share their workspace with approximately 6,000 pups on any given day, the company announced on their blog. These furry friends have just one dog to thank for their employment opportunity. Rufus. Rufus. During Amazon's early years, a husband and wife team brought their Welsh Corgi to the office, and he immediately won the hearts of fellow employees, according to Amazon. Most importantly, Rufus was also a hard worker, Mm -hmm. and Amazonians used his paw to click links on the company's website. How'd the dog feel about that? Although the dog has since passed away, his legacy remains. Amazon states that there are photos of Rufus around the 8.1 million square foot campus, and he even has a a building named after him. That's the Rufus building. That would be the Rufus building. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In fact, Rufus made such an impact that if you click a broken link and land on an error page, his picture comes up along with three other dogs that followed in his paw steps. Mm-hmm. See, footsteps? Paw yeah, paw steps, steps. Says Amazon. Lucy the Labrador, Sheriff the Golden Aussie Mix, and Martini the Papillion. Is it Papillion? Papillon. Papillon? Yep. Pap- pap- uh, you know why you know that? You know why you know that? It's my favorite movie. The movie. Yeah, it's my favorite Papillon. movie. Papillon. I like to think papillion. You know what that sounds like? It's like a pavilion party. A pavilion. A pavilion. Yeah, let's go out to the papillion. Let's go out to the, pa- let's go out to the papillion. It's a party <laughs> pavilion. While some Amazon employees receive uh, daily catered lunches, the happy hour... Uh, well, what and is happy this hour Amazon? For, I want to work at yeah, this what Amazon. what kind of world do these people live in? Really? While some employees receive daily catered lunches and happy hour Fridays, these pups get access to some nifty perks as well. Not only do they get to spend a day with their owners, plus receive all the belly rubs a dog can ask for. <laughs> that I don't want. I've never had my dog ask for one. <laughs> they, uh, they're they able to snag dog treats at every reception desk are you telling the company. Me, are you telling me your dog doesn't come and just roll over sometime? No, he always turns. Our one big, you know, uh, Alpha? Yeah. Big the monster. Shepherd yeah. monster. He turns around and wants you to scratch the back of his butt. Yeah. He's yeah. like, hey, scratch my butt. Yeah, Lily likes that area scratched, too. What the heck? It's like, hey, she'll roll he'll over. walk up and turn, rotate around like, hey, you, <laughs> get scratching. My butt needs scratching, and <laughs> I can't reach it. He gets scratching, and I mean like now. Yeah. Now, you may be wondering who the dogs report to at the office. That person is none other than Laura Hirschfield, Amazon's Wolfpack manager. Wolfpack. Dogs in the workplace is an unexpected mechanism for connection, says Hirschfield. I see Amazonians meeting each other in our lobbies or elevators every day because of their dogs. I'm going to take Lily to work with me next time I go. Just see what happens. They won't let me in the building. But yet you could point to a picture of Rufus. That's right. Probably right inside the door somewhere. Makes me mad. What are you going to do? They'll show you the door if you do it. Headline is Colorado man bitten by shark in Hawaii, previously attacked by bear and rattlesnake. So animals are out to get this guy. This guy needs to stay indoors. He needs to stay. He needs to take up a new hobby. bubble wrap. Yeah. He needs to be the boy in the bubble or something. He don't need to go outside, and he doesn't need animals in the house. No, he needs to stay away from all, everything except Goldfish. himself. Yeah. No, he'd probably fall in and drown. This comes to us from Honolulu. A Colorado man attacked by a Wait, shark. What? Is it in Honolulu, or is it a Colorado man? Which is it? It's the Colorado man in Honolulu. Why is he in Honolulu if he's a Colorado man? He's vacationing. Man. And there's probably Honolulu people in Colorado. You know what I mean? That's like being the front. It's sec- like exchange students. That's like being vacation. the front security guard that's out back. A Col- I'm supposed to be up front. A Colorado man attacked by a shark in Hawaii earlier this week had earlier 
earlier encounters with a bear Why and did you a emphasize earlier? Because it was earlier. Dylan McWilliams. I still want to know if he's supposed to be in Colorado, why did he leave his post and go to Honolulu? Dylan McWilliams. He's only 20 years old. The snake? Dylan, <laughs> they, his friends call him D-Mac, of Grand Junction, was bitten by a shark What's Thursday its function? while swimming off the island of Kauai. How do you like that? Kauai. 20 years it's old. Kauai. 20. He's already been I'm bitten by a rattlesnake. Sure. He's been attacked by a bear, and now he's been eaten by a shark. Remember how you had that victory a while ago with... Papillon. 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 Greatest movie. It's, I think it's Kawhi. You ever see Papillon? Don't, don't, don't distract from this. You ever see it? Uh, you said Kawhi or something? You ever see Kauai? it? Kawhi. See it? Yeah, I've seen it. They're on the, Have you they're really? on the island up on the rocks. Yeah. You read the book? No. Hmm. Not, enough, not enough pictures and too many big words. So he suffered several cuts to his leg that could be seen in one of his recent Facebook posts. McWilliams said he believes a tiger shark bit him. Because it had whiskers. And went, Rawr. this is the scariest part. I don't know where the shark was. I don't know if he would come after me again, he told the Star Advisor. That was not McWilliams' first painful bite from a wild animal. In fact, it was his third. In July, he was attacked by a bear in Colorado. The bear bit his skull, grabbed his head, That's and dragged him. Didn't That's we cover that story? Well, we talk about how they crack you like a walnut. I think we actually covered this story. It was about 12 feet from where he was sleeping. Yeah, the bear was later euthanized. The star advertiser reported him. Wait, 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 wait. They turned him back into a cub? <laughs> yeah, he was youth, He was euthanized. He was turned back into a young... So, he was dispatched. Was, oh. Yeah, even worse. Why didn't you say that? The star advertiser reported McWilliams was also bitten by a rattlesnake while hiking in Utah. So he's been attacked by animals so, all over the world. I'm trying to decide, do I want... Would I want to go hiking with this guy? Because you no. know they're, they're... No, no, no. Because they're going to come after him. Yeah, but what if he's faster than you? It doesn't matter. They're after him. Not if he's faster. He apparently tastes like cotton candy or something. These animals want him. <laughs> he said, my parents are grateful I'm still alive. I guess so. Both my kids are older than 20. I, and none of them have ever been bitten by a shark, snake, or bear. And what parent wouldn't say, I'm grateful that they were great? Wait. And you can kind of say that he's been Why bitten. wouldn't they say they were grateful? He's kind of been bitten by a tiger, too. He's got a tiger by the tail? No, but it was a tiger shark. Wow. Tiger, bear, shark, rattlesnake. Guy needs to just stay indoors. Um, are you done talking about that? Yes, it's a creepy. Oh, let's it's talk creepy. about something important: entitlement. <laughs> <laughs> Woman pours coffee on passengers, assaults air marshal during Delta flight. Sounds fun. You don't mess with the air marshal. That's, that's, that's uh, own plane entertainment right there. In air, O P E, in air entertainment. No, in air. You, you switched it. In in airtainment. Entertainment. Inter- entertainment. Yes. Entertainment. <laughs> entertainment. That's your that's your big one for today. That, that's not a band name, but that is no, a, it's new just, word. That's just a new it's word. It's a new word. A woman aboard a Delta flight was arrested for a misdemeanor assault after reportedly attacking an air marshal and disrupting a flight from London to Salt Lake City. Sarah Beach allegedly poured coffee on passengers, knocked over a drink <laughs> cart, and ran up and down the aisle, <laughs> according to the Associated Press. <laughs> After the chaos took place, she was requested to sit next to an air marshal seated in the back of the plane. Beach was initially cooperative, but uh, after a trip back from the bathroom, she reportedly approached the marshal from behind and jumped on his back <laughs> while grabbing his head, neck, and oh jawline, charging, charging documents. To, she knows he's got a gun, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she doesn't. It's unclear what motivated the passenger's actions. A second marshal pulled her off the other man and then put her in handcuffs for the remainder of the flight. I hope so. And I would put her in shackles. Martin Nichols, who was sitting across the aisle from Beach, witnessed her repeatedly running up and down the aisle of the aircraft. 
I wouldn't have stopped her. I just look at this. Everyone's becoming very concerned because I thought we're at thirty odd thousand feet over the sea. What if she tries to open the door? She couldn't get to the back door, but then she ran again. Nichols told KSL. <laughs> Nichols also spoke to the forty-five-year-old woman, who stated that she has a lot going on in her life, but didn't give any That's further no details. Excuse. No excuse. And let me bring this up and ask you a question, Craig. Don't you think there's safeguards in place where a plane door will not open when it's thirty thousand feet above ground? Well, you would think that a piece of an engine wouldn't smash into a window oh, and suck somebody out, too, wouldn't you? Sad story that. Sad story. I know. Wow. And you know what's weird? And what? What a heck of a nice airline for that to happen to. Yeah. Uh, Southwest, that is a rarity. Southwest is not known for... Have you heard the audio with the pilot? No. Oh, she's so calm and stuff. Yes. Well, you know, because... She's a professional. Well, I'd always heard that... uh, I'd always been told that Southwest hired a lot of uh, ex-military pilots. Yeah, and she was. Well, that's what I was going to say. And she is one. That kind of explains why whenever you're on a Southwest airline flight... You take those really steep, fast takeoffs. Yep. They're always like top gunning on you. Yeah. Lori and I flew to, to L.A. Southwest. I love Southwest. Yeah, it's good. They have to, Unless you're hungry. They used to have like soup they'd give you. No, we didn't. And, and grandma's cookies. I got and a then bag. Some, and then some, no, I'm saying back way back, like in the 80s, they'd give you like a little bowl of like hot like chicken noodle soup or something. Somebody, idiot. Spilled it. Spilled it, and then they had to quit doing it because they were going to get sued. But they uh, – I've heard all kinds of great stories. I had a friend that was on uh, – they got they got uh, held up and had to circle the airport for yeah. a little bit over a storm or something. So they started having like um, – the, the crew started doing like toilet paper roll races down the center of the aisle. <laughs> uh, somebody else has had them sing. The other ones had – they play games. I mean, they'll do anything to make you feel like you're, you know, you're, you're at home and That's everything's cool. good. They're great. Yeah, it's good. And and everybody has a reason not to like different air. Like I, air, I think American Airlines has always been really smug to me. Really, I just don't like think, snotty. Yeah, just you know, like you're bothering them or something. Where I've been on other flights, like maybe United, when they're yeah. just they're just fine. But I've never, I've never enjoyed because nobody really enjoys being on a plane. I mean, the first time True. you do it is neat. You know, the first time you do it. Yeah. But after a while, it's like okay, just get me there. I, and, I, and, big, and Southwest is always super super friendly. And I'm really, a big fan of United. You know, they love to fly. They do love to fly. It shows. And, you know, Delta, they're ready when you are. They weren't the last time, but uh, most of the time they are. Yeah. Well, it, it was really odd that uh, – and then there's that that new one, uh, that budget airline that's out there, and it's getting some bad press right now. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I've heard about it. Uh, like budget – it's like – I don't know what it's called, but apparently they're using all the old planes. Yeah, for 20 bucks you could ride inside a wing. You know, it's real cheap, but, boy. They give you a piece of rope to yeah, buckle you yourself on, in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, next story. Headline is Massachusetts preschool bans kids from using the term best friend. Makes me mad already. Just Hadn't even got into it. Stop. Students attending one preschool in Massachusetts are not allowed to call each other best friends. Little Julia attends Pentucket Workshop Preschool in Georgetown. Like many four-year-olds, she loves her dolls, arts, and crafts, and she has a best friend. She said, you know, so-and-so, you're my best buddy. The teacher told her that she couldn't say that there in school. Why? Julia's mother, Christine Hartwell, told WBZ TV, Buzz TV, WBZ. WBZ. We got the best buzz in news. Bzz. Best friend is not a term Julia can use at Pentucket Workshop Preschool. Why? This is what her mom said. 
I think it's ridiculous. Children who are four years old speak from their heart, so they should be able to call kids anything loving. You're my best friend. You're my best pal. The school explained to Hartwell that the term best friend, Craig, can lead other children. Oh, this makes me want to punch somebody. (laughs) The term best friend can lead other children to feel excluded, and it can ultimately lead to the formation of cliques and outsiders. And you know what? Everyone else in the world has lived through the same thing, and we've all come out okay. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Except for you. You had no friends. And the school encourages students oh, no, to a, have a... going to get in trouble with your mom again. <laughs> yeah, you are. Students to have a wider group of friends. Although I think that words are really important, and the term best does have, does have an implied meaning to it. I don't know if the right answer is necessarily denying children the ability to use that term. You know, I have a problem with denying anything like this. This is America. It's stupid. Well, it's also just stupid. It really is stupid. I had a best friend when I was a little kid, when I was that sure, age. Sure, me too. And, you know, I mean, yes, my mom and dad paid their parents so the kid would be my friend, but they were still my best friend. Yeah. It didn't matter if some money was exchanged No, or it didn't matter. However they were still my friend. It, it was contra- It was contractual. Right. But that was my best friend, and it was okay that I could say that because no other kid, I guarantee you, I guarantee <laughs> there was not one kid in my entire lifetime that if I looked over and you were like a four-year-old kid next to me, I said, Aaron, you're my best friend. Yeah. I guarantee you there's never been one kid in my entire life that went, that makes me feel sad. Yeah. Why aren't you my friend? Why can't... No, usually at that age, they're like, friend? okay, you're my best friend too. Two minutes later, you're somebody else's sure, best why friend. why not? Whatever. I mean, I could... I've had best friends. I've had them. I've had them, Craig. <laughs> You've had, once upon a time, you had a best friend. Hartwell says Julia... He was imaginary, but hey, whatever. Still says best friend at home. But her daughter seems unsure if the term is appropriate since she was told not to use it at school. So now you've confused a kid who's done nothing wrong. Exactly. Even now, she goes to uh, she goes to say it in a loving way. I'm going to see my best friend, Charlie, or this and that one, whichever one at the time. And she looks at me sideways as she's saying it and checking to see if she's going to uh, to see if that language is okay, Hartwell oh, I said. I thought she had a vision problem. She was looking at her sideways. Hartwell says her daughter will not be going to school for the rest of the year. <laughs> Good night. Change schools. Pentucket Workshop Preschool has not responded to a request for comment. Hey, this next one I sent you. Yeah, you did. Unless you just unless you found it already. No, I, I took it from you. I saw it today, and it was really funny. Yeah. Well, and funny. Well, it's kind of funny. It's pretty funny. I, I mean, it's it's a sign. Well, it's the, you know what it is. It's our America. This just in. Five kids aged ten to sixteen. They aged that long. They aged that much. Good just grief. in this story, they Six aged years. ten to sixteen years. No, five kids ages ten to sixteen charged with holding up movie theater with cap guns. Ah. Uh. Five Connecticut kids, some as young as 10 years old, are facing charges they terrorize patrons at a movie theater with cap guns Sunday night. Stanford police said they got a call just before 8 p.m. for people entering the majestic theater. That's oh, so nice. Oh, it's so it's majestic. Beautiful. On it's like Sum- the Paradise Theater. Oh, it's nice. Only different. Uh, on Summer Street. You know, Summer Street yeah, makes you feel fine. It's across from Winter Street. No, winter, winter Road. Anyway, they said they, uh, people were, okay, let's try this again. Stanford police said they got a call just before 8 p.m. for people entering the Majestic Theater on Summer Street with guns and making threats. Witnesses said several ran into the theater, yelled, everyone get their hands up, and then fired off what turned out to be cap guns. Come on, get your hands up. I love the... Uh, the smell of those cap guns. The, the, Do you the really paper caps, just take you back? The paper caps. Yeah. They, yeah. Officers ultimately found four suspects up the street, two of whom had the toy guns in their clothes. A fifth was found nearby, and near him, another cap gun was found. The one girl and four boys ranged in ages from 10 to 16. 
All five were charged with breach of peace and conspiracy. The three who fired also faced reckless endangerment charges with a cap gun. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's <Literally>. it. <laughs> this incident. This incident was a very poor use of judgment by the juveniles. In which an unfortunate incident did not turn into a more horrific one. You know those cap guns? Yeah. Horrific. You know, it could have been Stanford deadly. police said in a statement. People are... Well, what if somebody pulled a gun on that's them? That's what I'm saying. You're not supposed to carry guns in theaters, which is ridiculous. Is a cap gun really a gun? Well, no. But these kids, if somebody in the theater had had a gun, one of these kids pretty much could have gotten, uh, you know, taken out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're keeping you for something? You got, yeah. you got a plane to catch over there, as Pops would say? Yeah. Headline is, a barber who gave a 10-year-old boy a humiliating haircut has been jailed. What? Yes. Where's this? True story. Where's this happening? A barber who gave a 10-year-old boy a humiliating haircut and then made him sweep up the hairs from the floor has been jailed for eight months. I shall shame you, and you <laughs> shall clean up the hair. That must be a bad haircut. The youngster, who was said to be proud of his hairstyle, has uh, was given a number one all over as punishment for trying to use a razor himself. Huh. But after being laughed at by others who were around him, he felt so humiliated he called the police. <laughs> he called the cops because he got a bad haircut. And no one would call <laughs> and no one would call him their best friend. No. When the police arrested arrested Abdul Rahim Omar, he accepted what happened saying It's that, Abdul Rahim. No. Yeah, okay. Maybe. <laughs> no. Uh, uh <laughs> it may be. I don't uh -huh. know. And he accepted what happened, saying that it had been done to teach the boy a lesson. I'll teach that boy. He said that the boy had been using a razor himself, and he wanted to teach him that they are dangerous. Omar, who's only 21, lives in Bedford, pleaded guilty to causing actual bodily harm and was jailed for eight months, and he had no wow. previous conviction. That's a long time. Just for a haircut. Luton Crown Court was told that maybe that's what they said, that you're going to be locked up until the boy's hair grows back. Maybe. Luton Crown Court was told the boy was also made to sweep up his cut hair. Prosecutor Alex Radley the said, horror. you know, I used to get haircut buzz cuts like that. Oh, but people laughed at me, too. But I never, I never called the <laughs> they cops. Were, they were already laughing. <laughs> the young man was proud of his hairstyle and felt that it was important to him. He suffered psychological and physical harm, Craig. A haircut caused this boy psychological physical. and physical harm. If it wasn't enough to claim psychological, it's also physical, physical yes. harm. He, I don't know did how. He chop his arm, did he chop his ear off with the scissors or something? Atik Raja, mitigating, said, Mr. Omar recognizes he made a grave mistake. He fully understands it now. He is of previous good character and pleaded guilty at the first opportunity and is very, very sorry for his actions. He knows there's no excuse and knows what he has done is fundamentally wrong. The actions were a one-off. What does that mean? That sounds like... He just, did it, one, like, he just did it one time. Sounds like Australia talked to me. Yeah. Hey, mate, that's a one-off for you. That's not a one-off. That's not a one-off. That's not a haircut. <laughs> Jailing him, Judge Richard Foster said, This offense was the premeditated humiliation of a 10-year-old. It was despicable conduct to treat a child in that way. He told him there's no excuse for what you did. It was the most disgusting piece of humiliation. Well, it makes me wonder, um, uh, who was this? Guy? Why did he feel like he needed to do this? Why, why? Well, he said he caught the boy trying to give himself a little haircut with a razor. What is? It's not his dad, right? I don't know. So what? What the heck is this guy? Is he like the hair police? <laughs> I don't know. But the guy called the cops on him. Where is the update? Give us the update. We want the update now. Where is it?
update. Yeah, we do. Do you remember the Alabama train full of poop? Oh, the poop train. Yeah, it was coming from New York. Come on board. Yeah, come on board. <laughs> All aboard. Yeah, the I was trying to think train. of the... <laughs> Poop train. Atlanta, even though this happens in Alabama. The last train car full of New York City sewage Ooh. sludge that stuck... Oh, read- band name. New York oh, wait, City wait, wait, sewage wait, wait, wait. sludge. I read the headline. Alabama mayor. Poop train. Finally empty. Sludge gone. Sludge gone. Atlanta. Which is still confusing because this happened in Alabama. Yeah. The last train car full of New York City sewage sludge that has stunk up a small Alabama community for more than two months has finally been emptied, the town mayor said this week. And although I do like your band name, New York City Sewer Sludge, that's really hard to say. (laughs) NYCSS. For more than two months. Wait a second. How'd they empty it? I I, I picture Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Train's full. Yeah, train's full. (laughs) For more than two months, the sludge has blown an unbearable stench throughout the tiny town of Parrish, Alabama, population 982. That number drops one every day. (laughs) All of the containers have now been emptied from the so-called poop train, Parrish Mayor Heather Hall said on social media Wednesday. Some of the containers are still at the site, awaiting shipment back to the Northeast U.S., she said. Great. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, come on Every, through. Everyone from from Alabama to the Northeast gets to smell it coming back now. <laughs> hey, it's been emptied, man. The sludge is a byproduct of New Yorkers' <laughs> excrement. <laughs> it was shipped to the nearby Big Sky Landfill. Hall, they should just keep their crap in New York. Well, I, I think this gets to that. Hall said, after a public outcry, the North uh, Norfolk... Southern Railroad required Big Sky to hire more truck drivers so the sludge could be removed oh. from train cars more tr- more quickly. There's too many truck accidents nowadays. Other towns and cities have been fighting this material in their own town for years, Hall said. And which, by the way, yeah, that's Heather. She talks, yeah, Heather Hall. very manly. <laughs> um. While what happened in Parish was, to our understanding, an unprecedented event. There are still small towns like Parrish fighting the situation on a smaller scale. Would New York City like for us to send all of our poop up there forever? <laughs> Here's some Bama poop for you. Said uh, Sherlene Pike, who lives about a half a mile from the railroad track in Parrish. She's been dabbling, uh, dabbling. She's been dabbing peppermint oil under her nose because of the smell. They could get a... Uh they could get uh, Alabama's football coach to drive that train up to, to Alabama. I don't understand sports oh, references. <clears throat> coach Saban? I don't know. You know Nick Saban. I know the name, but I don't know sports. He could drive the, the train. Anyway, I don't know what the, I can't laugh because I don't understand jokes about sports. Okay. Know your co-host, all right? <laughs> know your audience. You know Nick Saban. I know the name. I couldn't tell you who he is. For uh, all I know he's a chef over at KFC. I don't know. He's not. You sure? Yeah. Anyway. Anywho. It has become more. He's got a podcast now, too, by the way. The chef at KFC? No. Nick Saban. I think saying chef's probably elevating him a little bit too high. Yes. You're right. The the grease cook. Anyway. It's become more challenging and costly for New York City to dispose of its sewage sludge in recent years, city documents ship. Well, that's their problem. This, yeah, that's New, new York. York was forced to find new methods uh, after the federal government in 1988 ban the city's longtime practice of dumping in the ocean. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
Well, how, was, how was that ever even No wonder a, you don't swim in the harbor out there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who was it that first said that and expected a positive response? It took to 1988 to, to get that to get that passed. In recent, that's why they say never go in like the river. It is, like, yes. In recent years, New York City contractors had dumped the waste at Cr- landfills. Remember Kramer swimming? He passed yeah. a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> why don't they burn it? I don't know. Don't we? I think Nashville incinerates and goes through this whole process. Beats me. Um, in recent years, New York City contractors had dumped the waste at landfills relatively close to the city, but those landfills have significantly reduced the amount of waste they will accept, according to a, uh, a city budget document. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, we got that. That was just a load of crap, if you ask me. <laughs> you know what we're up to now is our new segment, Weird News from... And now, a weird moment from history. Weird I don't think you have to explain it. I think you can just hit from the... From history. Wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. And Why now... Okay, listen, listen. Don't, no, you just don't, okay. you, just, you just don't say anything. I can do that. And now a weird moment from history. This week. You see how it kind of stands on its own? All right, so we've had vampires, and we've had Beauty and the Beast. This week, we've got the story of Zerelda James. You know who that is? Kim's sister? <laughs> no, it is uh, Jesse James' mom. <gasps> so the headline is, Zerelda James, an unbelievable case of motherly love. A crook only a mother could love, Jesse James, was born in Clay County, Missouri on September 5th, 1847 to Robert and Zerelda James. You know, you remember Bob James? Yeah, Bobby. Yeah. Zerelda had her hands... We called her Z. Yeah, Z had her hands full with Jesse and his older brother Frank, among their other siblings. This was a case of motherly love taken to the grave. When the Civil War called, young Jesse watched Frank march off to fight for the rebellion. Is that when they were going to blow the Death Star up? Yeah, okay. the Rebellion. In 1864, as a teenager, Jesse himself rode off to join the Confederate guerrillas. Wait, I was going to say, wait, <laughs> are we going back to the story again with the monkey? When the war ended, Jesse and Frank just kept on going, acting as modern-day Robin Hoods, robbing trains, banks, and stagecoaches, and committing crimes of mar- much darker nature long after. These actions cost their dear mother, Zarelda, an arm and leg. Nearly, literally, Craig. You see, these Wild West bounty hunters, the Pinkerton Detective Agency, which is a cool name, Pinkerton Detective Agency, was famous for infiltrating the Reno Gang, the group behind the country's first train robbery, and chasing Butch Cassidy. Or was it Sean Cassidy? I get them confused. I get them confused, too. The Pinkertons were the A-team, but in the 1870s, they were thrown through a loop trying to track down Jesse and Frank. The Pinkertons were not the A-team. Mr. T was... It said the Pinkertons were. Hannibal, what was his name? Yeah, Hannibal. And a crazy guy? <laughs> yeah, I liked him the best. The hunt came to a fatal end in 1875 when the Pinkertons raided Zarella's, Zarella James's Clay County home. Tipped off beforehand, Frank and Jesse were long gone, but Zarella stayed put for her boys. During the standoff between the Pinkertons and Zarella, an incendiary, 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 easy for you to say, <laughs> incendiary, a bomb device was tossed into the family's home blowing off part of Zarelda's right arm, which later had to be amputated. So Jesse and Frank's younger half-brother was also a victim because he died in that attack. So they that was a fatal end. Public opinion quickly turned on the Pinkerton Detective Agency, and the war against the James's gang was called off. Jesse went on to evade authorities for another seven years before finally being assassinated in 1882. But... Just like Jesse and Frank found their fortune robbing and stealing, their mother also knew how to make a quick buck in their name after death. Soon after Jesse was buried, Zarelda began giving tours of their home, even selling souvenirs. 
For 25 cents, visitors could buy a pebble from Jesse's grave in the front yard. <laughs> Go out in the front yard and see if Jesse's still buried there. <laughs> when the supply of rocks got low, Zarelda simply restocked them from a nearby creek. That scamp. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, that's she good, she had to good, eat. That's, that's good thinking, I guess. Yeah, because she didn't have her boys bringing home stolen money anymore. She had to make it somehow. Yeah, make an honest living. Jesse's epitaph read, In loving memory of my beloved son, murdered by a traitor and a coward whose name is not worthy to appear here. Yeah, what's his name? There was a movie. It's not worthy to appear here. <laughs> <laughs> that's an odd name. <laughs> the home's grave site no longer... Uh, contains Jesse's remains as he was moved to the Mount Olivet Cemetery in Kearney, Missouri in 1902, but Clay County still promotes the James family home. So that's a little... Uh, and now a weird moment from history. You can learn how to use that button. I'm getting better. Yeah. It's time for the Mark Patch Top 10. This week's Top 10 list comes to us from Top10s.net. That's T O P T E N Z dot net. Tens. Top tens. Uh, Top net. ten pioneers of trash TV. Yes. Number 10. Yeah. Phil Donahue. Did you ever watch the Phil Donahue show? Yeah, he'd come annoy me. He annoyed me too, but yeah. I'd watch it. His glasses annoyed me. <laughs> yeah. And that big, that big fluffy hair. Is he hairdo. married to uh, he's Connie married- Chan? Connie Chan. Connie Chung? Connie Chung? No, he's married to... Um, no, Danny, it's Maury Danny, Povich. Maury Povich is married. Yeah, he's married to Danny Thomas's... That, that girl. What's her name? That girl. Yeah. Yeah, that girl. Yeah, that girl. Marlo no. Thomas. Yes. He's married to Marlo Thomas. All right, number nine of the I'll top... talk about glasses that annoy me. <laughs> ten, number nine, top ten pioneers of trash TV, Sally Jesse Raphael. She really annoyed me. Her glasses were terrible. They're horrible. Yeah, terrible. Uh, number eight, I vaguely remember, Jenny Jones. Yep, out of Chicago. I remember that show. Uh, number seven, Maury Povich. Maury Povich. We were just speaking of is married to Connie Chung. Now, I don't remember top ten pioneers of trash TV. Number six, Chuck Barris. He de- he wasn't a trash. Well, he kind of was. Did he have a show we don't know about? No, just the gong show. That is not trash. I agree. And we have a whole episode dedicated we to do. Chuck Barris. We do. When he passed away. Go search for it. It's a good one. Uh, number five, definitely one of the top ten pioneers of trash TV, Geraldo Rivera. And his mustache. Yeah, or Geraldo Rivera. I don't know number four or number three. No, I don't either. Number four, top ten pioneers of trash TV, Les Crane. What we need around here is Les Crane. <laughs> Les Crane and more Crane. <laughs> number three of the top ten pioneers of trash TV, Joe Pine. Never heard nope, of either one nope, of those nope. guys. Number two. Oh, man. Biggest mouth on the planet. <laughs> yes. Mouth of, what was it? He had that big logo. Of, yeah, like, it was mouth. Uh, yeah. Morden Downey Jr., number two of the top ten pioneers of Trash TV. What a weird, weird story. Well, he was a mouth on him, too. Did, have you seen the documentary about him? I think I've seen part of it. You know, he was big friends with the uh, uh, Kennedys. I mean, they like grew up together. Oh, I don't remember. I don't, maybe I didn't see that. No, he, he's supposed to be this big right-wing, super... Uh, Far right conservative, but a lot of people say that's that was an act, and it made him. He a was uh, he went nuts. Remember all about the airport attack, and I can't remember. He was uh, just, he was just a scary guy. And the number one top like 10, this, you couldn't guess. Yeah, this will be no surprise to anybody. The number one top ten pioneer of trash TV, Jerry Springer. Yeah, he pretty much is. No Definitely. shame. No shame whatsoever. Is he still on? His bodyguard took over for a while. Yeah, he had his own show. You know what? You know what's bad when you're Jerry Springer's bodyguard, and then you end up. You know, no, you know TV's bad. Yeah, when you that's go from it. Jerry Springer yeah. to hey, you, the guy that's the thug over there, the guy, the bouncer. Yeah. You think you could talk on a camera? <laughs> Come here, here, try it. Sign this contract. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. That's crazy. That is crazy. 
right. I'm sleeping now. I'm going to go. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we pulled the plug on cable. I, I took a, I took a, a, a play from your playbook. Yeah, it's great. We don't miss it at all. I think we'll talk about that next episode. Maybe not. I'll talk to you at all. No more Jerry for me.